Welcome to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Fulick. Welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fulick, and as always, we like to talk about things related to business continuity, emergency management, crisis management, COVID, well-being, anything that helps you, your organization, or your community prepare for, respond to, and overcome adverse situations. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please feel free. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Alex Fullick there. I'm really easy to find, and I do respond to everything I get. Today, we are going to be talking about business continuity management systems in the banking sector of Saudi Arabia. And I want to welcome to the show today, Khalid Altawali. Khalid, welcome. Thank you, Alex, for having me. It is a pleasure to be in your show. Now, I know we've exchanged little bits of information, so I know a little bit about yourself, um, but because we've got people listening and watching literally around the globe, can you take a, a moment and tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how you got into what you do? Uh, well, let me start. My name is Khaled Al-Tawili. I'm uh, from Saudi Arabia, and I worked in the banking sector since 2000, so it's almost 22,000 now in the field. I joined the business continuity uh, world in around 2011. And since then, I got a lot of passion about this world. I found it very interesting to meet people and uh, understand what they are doing in the, in the different field. Uh, previous to that, I was stuck within the operation for around 10 years. So the only people that I know is my front office and my colleague in the back office. And I found the business continuity uh, a, a very a great exposure to know people from treasury compliance, marketing, mm -hmm. retail, corporate banking, and all the entire uh, organization. Since then, I got uh, certified from the Disaster Recovery Institute, as well as the Business Continuity Institute in, in UK and PECP, and I got some certification. And finally, that was uh, all of this efforts uh, crowned with, with the award from the DRI as uh, one of the best CBCP in 2000, uh, 2022, uh, 2020, sorry. Currently, I'm holding the position of uh, Director of Business Continuity and Crisis Management in Rajhi Bank, one of the leading Islamic banking uh, in the world. Well, great to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. It is my pleasure. And as I say, we're going to be talking about uh, kind of uh, what you do, you know, uh, business continuity in the banking sector. So why don't we jump to our first topic? And the first thing uh, we're going to talk about are uh, business continuity management systems and risk tools. Can you tell us about that? Well, uh, during the last uh, seven years, I have participated in implementing the business continuity management system in three different organizations. And from that experience and from implementing end-to-end -end, uh, business continuity activity, I found that one of the one of the successful one of the succession factors of the business continuity is utilizing the correct uh, risk tools, uh, considering uh, the right risk appetite statement, uh, risk impact scale, and the risk uh, heating, heat map, and all of these tools, including the risk register and how we are tracking the actions assigned from the Business Continuity Management Committee or the Disaster Recovery Committee or the other uh, actions related to validation from tests or from the program in general. So uh, I noticed that some people are not utilizing the correct uh, the correct tool 
including myself in one of the phases <laughs> in my career, I found that I was utilizing, uh, let's say, the risk impact scale and uh, in, in not in the best way. And then I try to read about it. I start to engage uh, with the risk people to understand how they design the risk appetite, how they design the risk impact scale, how they define the thresholds. So even for what we are measuring as a business continuity professional, when we measure the impact from financial uh, uh, perspective or the category related to the reputation uh, category or the operational category, I sit with them to understand how they define it. And I try to challenge as much as I can. And I saw how complex it is before they go with a recommendation to take the pleasant from the board of director or the highest management. So now I, what I advise all of my colleagues always to not ignore this piece and to understand exactly what is within the risk appetite, how the risk thresholds been defined, and is it relevant to the business continuity or they are uh, developed to focus on operational risk aspect or market risk aspect or other aspects. I, I like uh, how, how you were just talking about approaching the people in um, uh, where I am right now and who I'm helping with. They call it enterprise risk management group. So yeah. um, it, I know you may call it something different. So I'll just I'll just say risk management for now. But I think we kind of mean the same same groups. Yep. And it, it's really interesting to understand some of the risks that are on their registry are not the same ones that you know you and I might write when it comes to disasters, fires, floods, tornadoes, those kind of things. That doesn't appear on their risk registry. So I really like what you had to say about approaching them so that you can align what, how you're measuring and bringing those two together because you can help um, establish what business continuity is doing to help mitigate some of those risks that are on their register. And as you said, ending up in front of the board. Well, I maybe one, one of the uh, challenges that, that we noticed during such conversations is uh, the definitions and what people understand. I may call this as, as water bottle and you may call it as a glass of water. So, Aligning the definitions and having the same understanding will help both of us to achieve the best results that we can do. So uh, maybe one of the challenges that we face is aligning the risk impact, what people called in, in technology world as high, medium, low. It could be uh, a critical high, medium, or major critical high or catastrophic so definition of these and alignment between them will have better uh, understanding and and better word to talk. What happens if we don't do that? Well, uh, let's let let's take one example. One of the examples: if uh, an interruption happened to the business and they didn't report it on time because they thought, from their point of view, this disruption event is, is a medium, while it is high in, in, in my record, that will, will result into late respond and we may uh, have higher impact if we don't respond on time or by the proper uh, way. How do you address situations where uh, business continuity or resilience or disaster recovery, whatever the program is called, see something different than enterprise risk management, you know, the, the group that you're trying to work with, and you're just butting heads. How do you deal with that kind of situation to find that middle ground so that everybody understands, so that your high, you know, your, something you're calling high is the same thing I'm calling high, as an example? I, I, I usually start with the definitions and mm -hmm. uh, trying to, to have uh, a base ground that we agree on it. And then if they stick to their map, we may uh, develop or create something to make the alignment and the mapping. So what is uh, moderate or medium? In my world, it would equal to their uh, low or medium. By such mapping, we, we will have a common sense 
agreed consensus that this should be treated as a medium. So the, the basic is low, medium, high. The basic usually is low, medium, high. But sometimes people call it call the medium moderate or call the high critical or call it major or call it catastrophic. So why to talk in a different languages? Let's have one common language and we, we have one definition. If you insist to have it as a catastrophic, let's create a mapping uh, table to identify and link this catastrophic to the to the to the high and have it uh, aligned uh, it's interesting you just said that because i was just thinking what are your thoughts on having too many categories because uh, i don't know about you but i've seen people who have catastrophic um very impactful high impactful low impactful moderate impact you know they'll have seven or eight different categories and then different amounts of um, impact or, or uh, severity, and you end up with this massive, confusing chart. Well, that's true. And I guess th this complexity is coming whenever you're, you have a, a higher maturity of, of the program or a complex organization, uh, as big as the organization, as big as the issues that we are facing and the, the more experience that we gain. And uh, I think people, they need to talk to each other. They need to agree on a definition. They need to agree on this. If this is, if, if we are not talking to each other, we will not solve the problem. Communication. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does that go for the same when you bring in groups like um, incident management, problem management, change management? Oh, you know, there, there are others. ITDRP, crisis management. Should they also be on board with the same definitions? I know we were talking mostly about enterprise risk management and business continuity. However, when you bring in these other groups, sometimes they've got different terminology as well. So is it a good idea to bring them all together to get everyone speaking the same language? Well, uh, see, in, in, in my experience, in one of the X organizations that I work with, uh, I, th I, I saw around uh, more than 10 different channels utilized to report incidents. And mm -hmm. one of the recommendations is to have a centralized incident management. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem with such approach that everything was coming through the business continuity. So I found myself engaged in every single incident, low or medium or high. Even the people, they are not differentiating between incident and uh, and uh, ticket or service service request so if 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 even a light is broken they call it incident and they don't they don't differentiate between a service tick and incident well i guess mm -hmm. that is also depending on the management and their and their risk appetite and they how they want to define what the the level of the the involvement of business continuity should come so i guess it is different different from organization we can't we can't have one size fit all for such topic That's especially true. emergency and incident management and crisis management yeah one size fits all doesn't doesn't work it, you know what i'm doing at my organization right now may not work for you because of our business cultures you know, within our organizations, size of organizations, the nature of business we're doing, you know, all of that comes into play. I remember in one of the subsidiaries of one of the banks that I used to work in, that subsidiary is, is a brokerage house. And they utilize the same uh, BCM auto tool to conduct the BIA and the threat, threat assessment and the BCP and all of these things. I came to the business continuity director at that time and I told him, uh, dude, listen, you are measuring the impact in hours. In my world, I'm dealing with, with, with the stock, with the, with the market, you know, the stocks mm -hmm. like, uh, the, the, the Wall Street and this of, uh, right. You buy shares. So I need to measure the RTO in minutes and your tool is not allowing me. To measure it in minutes, the the severity and the time is is built on hours. 
So I'm not going to utilize that tool. I'm going to utilize Excel till we have uh, a system that fit my needs. Right. And, and or at least help understand each other. If we are speaking two different ter- uh, languages, you understand me at least. Yes, you know. correct. So um, on that note, we've got, believe it or not, we've already come to the end of our first segment. Time flies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're we're talking with Khaled Altawali today on uh, business continuity management systems in Saudi Arabia, and we will be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fulick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. We are talking about business continuity management systems in the banking sector of Saudi Arabia with Khalid Altawili. Khalid, thank you so much for the first segment there. Lots of talk about risk, um, which, you know, um, as I said, I'm doing a lot of work with right now. Um, I'd like to kind of talk about where risk and business continuity management and some of the controls overlap. Because I, I don't know about you, but I've always run into instances where you're talking with a risk person and, you know, it's like, hey, that's my area. And business company, you know, that's my area. So can we talk about the overlap between the two? Yes, absolutely. Well, this is an interesting piece because always uh, I feel that I'm wearing multiple hats uh, <laughs> as, as, <laughs> as a business continuity professional, as auditor sometimes, as a risk professional, and sometimes as a compliance, and sometimes as a governance. Uh, The way that we manage the business continuity management system, we look at it as a multiple programs inside uh, each program, it have multiple tasks. So we take the governance piece to look at the policy, the procedures related to the business continuity department and the organization as well. And uh, inside this program, we look at the committee, the charter related to the committee, how we prepare the agenda, how we prepare the meeting, how we conduct the meeting, how we conduct after the meeting, the minutes, and how we track the actions taken by the members. All of that within uh, the governance program. We look another, we look to another program called the life cycle where we conduct the BIA and the threat assessment and the BCP. Another program called the validation, where we uh, conduct multiple type of tests, tests, including the table top exercises and uh, the simulations and the drills and go on. So uh, we have another program for the training and awareness to target multiple type of audience, starting from the board of directors and going to the C-level to the business 
continuity professional, the risk champions, and even we go sometimes extra miles to the key vendors outside of the organizations. And we uh, do have also the periodic document review and the vendor continuity management program, which is a very complex program by itself. So a lot of times we try to evaluate the business continuity capability of the key service provider that we are dealing with. And to do that, we need to interview them, have a look at their policy if they have, their, their business continuity plan, the latest test results they have. So all of this, you find yourself uh, wearing the audit hat sometimes to evaluate or uh, wearing the compliance hat to ensure that people are, are measuring, uh, are complying with your, with your requirements. Sometimes you wear the risk hat to ensure that mitigation controls in place and whatever gaps found during the program is addressed in a way or in another. So this is the overlap that I see from my point of view and from my experience uh, during the last couple of years. I I'm curious, with that overlap, um, because you, business continuity will do exercises, you, you mentioned that, and tests, but you'll have other groups who want to do tests. And I guess the easiest one to say is ITDRP, disaster recovery, right? That's yeah. the easiest one to, to pull out. And they're doing their set of tests. So it, how do you address if um, groups are doing their own thing, you know, and how do you bring them together then? I know that we already talked about terminology. But if you're doing tabletop tests with business groups and you're talking about BIA findings and walkthroughs and things like that, and IT is going off and doing their own thing, how do you bring them together? Um, usually in the beginning, usually in the beginning of the year, we design a comprehensive test program and we plan what we are going to conduct this year, having multiple type of tests. So having one of the disaster recovery tests. Uh, we usually play three different roles. We are facilitator and we are observer and we are one of the line business which going to test and validate the things related to our area. So as, as a facilitator, we sit with the information technology people at the beginning of the exercise, before the exercise, to agree on the template and the test plan itself, what we are going to test, what would be the pass or fail criteria, what is the scope, what is the scope exclusion, and uh, who are uh, participating. And then uh, while conducting the test, we ensure that people are utilizing the business continuity plan, the DRP, the run book, and uh, the other documents related to the test or no. Are they attending? Are they uh, achieving? Is there any manipulation in any way? And then after the test, we ensure to update the test results in, uh, in, in, in a fair way to ensure that whatever is achieved and whatever is business demanding, uh, both are captured in the report. And if there is any gaps, how we address that gap and how we retest the failure in case there is a failure. And all of this, you know, the report at the end, it will go to the relevant committee and to the board of director to communicate the results and communicate the efforts made by the entire group. You mentioned external controls and validating them. How do you go about doing that? Because um, risk management, uh, enterprise risk management, tends to do that with you know their partners procurement or supply chain management groups do that as well business continuity <laughs> wants to do that as well to make sure it's on place so is it a good idea to have one set of defined controls in place that everyone follows otherwise using yourself and myself as an example your company could be sending three, four different people to come and talk to me about the exact same thing. And guess what? I'm going to get frustrated. And I may not provide you all that information anyway. 
how do you deal with that kind of thing? You know, with same groups doing the same thing, you know, how do you, how do you keep everyone following the same controls? We need to understand our role exactly. So I guess uh, integrating the BCM, if we want to integrating the BCM with, with the business as usual work, we need to have a clear uh, workflow system to define what is exactly I'm looking at it. So let's take example, the procurement and what they are doing. When they sign an agreement with any service provider, uh, they will do whatever they want to do or whatever is required from them to do. But for me in the business continuity, I'm going to look at the BCM clauses, the legal clauses that should be part of the contract. I need to ensure that RTO, RPO is captured. I need to ensure that uh, escalation process and clear contact details is there. And I need to assess the capability of the service provider. Does he have a business continuity plan in place or no? And uh, that would be my part only. Other departments will look at it from their point of view. Information security will evaluate if that service provider provide a cloud services. Compliance is going to see if they have, uh, if they are under the umbrella of the, the central bank. The risk management will look at it from financial risk, market risk, and the other type of risk they do. So having this workflow will 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 identify clearly what is my role in this chain. This information, all this information that you captured, should you keep it in a central location? Because with from an enterprise perspective, and if you're looking at an external party. We're all looking, you know, we have our own roles. We're all looking at our own little pieces, but then we may be logging it in different places so that it looks completely disjointed. How do you how do you track all of that to keep it to make sense and comprehend it? Do, do you mean track it in terms of policy and procedure or track it in, in terms of implementation? Uh, track it in uh, by means of logging all the information in the central location database that kind of tracking uh, can act I, I have never seen that um, maybe maybe we we are not yet there however uh, if I take it from policy and procedure perspective I'm ensuring that procurement have in their policy something referring to my policy and I have in my policy something referring for my piece point. in their policy that's a and good point let, yeah, yeah. And, and and taking this example, the vendor continuity management, I have my own record. So whatever identified through the BIA as a key service provider, I must ensure that in my record, I have a copy of the SLA, the agreement, their BCP, their test results, and the, 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 risk, uh, the risk evaluation that I conducted. So we, we, we utilize, you know, Excel and whatever uh, workflow or tracking systems available to facilitate such work. Yeah, I was just thinking of, you know, um, it's some groups, and I've experienced it, where groups are going off and doing their own thing, even though they're supposed to be, quote, unquote, linked and yeah. dependent on each other, but they're doing either the same thing or completely different things and they're saying that we have gaps over here, we have gaps over there. But if they had reached out and talked to other groups, kind of like what you said in the first segment, they have all that information. So I was just wondering if where you where's a good idea to keep all that information so that each group can go to it and say, oh, yeah, there it is. That's, that's the piece I was looking for, or I want to make sure it exists. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. There, there, there should be a father for 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 every uh, you know every piece of work, mm -hmm. and he would have the repository for for everything. But when it comes to a small detail related to a specific another area, like the BCM, he will approach me and I'll support him with, with that piece of information. Hmm. It depends on on the procurement to. To evaluate the the business the business continuity capability of a service provider, he wouldn't be able to do that. Even in my team, 
not everyone in my team is is conducting such assessment. Only the the certified auditor or the certified lead auditor ISO two two three zero one is conducting such assessment. Yeah, and then at least that way we can to your point with that whole flow. Uh, I you can check yes the the group that comes before me they've done their stuff that's the information I need I can do mine now the group that comes after me can look back and say yeah procurement and VCM did their stuff we have all the controls in place now you know where we need yeah. to right yeah so I have a question because you just mentioned ISO twenty two three hundred one in the banking uh, realm in Saudi Arabia do you follow any specific um, guidelines or um, standards you know do they get adopted well um, I'm not sure if you will be surprised but business continuity is existing in Saudi Arabia nearly since 2001 uh, the central bank may be one of the of the first governmental bodies uh, which uh, mandating having a business continuity arrangement related to the online banking and then in 2017 the the central bank of saudi arabia they develop uh, a framework that framework have a different have a 13 different domains with a total of 75 controls talking about the controls related to the governance to the policy to the bia to the disaster recovery to the crisis management to the even at the third party and uh, auditing the program. Now, after COVID, I have seen more than 50 different government bodies uh, starting uh, developing uh, a framework. I uh, I was one of the a, reviewers. A different framework? A new framework? Or yes, we don't have a standard. Uh, yes. So um, comparing, let's say, to uh, the UAE or the uh, Emirates country, you know, Emirates, Dubai. Mm -hmm. So in UAE, they have you, they have a national uh, standard for business continuity that called NCMA, and it was developed in 2015 or 14. But yet in Saudi Arabia, we don't have uh, a standard on national level. But every, let's say, every ministry or every government body, they develop their own requirements uh, and they develop their own uh, framework. I believe they are now, there is a, a, a cooperation between multiple government body to have a national standard. We may see it in the couple of, uh, the next couple of uh, years. I hope so. Yeah, that would get confusing if everybody's following different guidelines. Of course, it would. I would assume there are similarities, of course. Yeah. But it would be interesting if everyone was following their own, and yet they're all government or all banking institutions. It would make more sense to to follow a, a standard. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but but uh, but but luckily, most of them uh, is following the ISO two two three zero one, and they okay. they they are adding their touches and their requirements to their document. That was going to be my next question. If they were um, looking at something like Disaster Recovery Institute's uh, professional practices or ISO 22301 or you know, some of the other ones that are out there, if they were using something as a base, and I guess the ISO standard is is the base to help develop the, these, these correct ones. Yes, absolutely. And they um, taking an example, uh, the central bank and uh, the framework developed by them, uh, they they utilize the ISO 22301 as well as DRI and BCI, the GBG, mm -hmm. and uh, multiple uh, multiple standards from the best practices. Oh. Well, on that note, we've come to the end of our second segment. We are talking about business continuity management systems in the banking sector of Saudi Arabia with Khaled Altawili, and we will be right back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. Today we are talking about business continuity management systems in the banking sector of Saudi Arabia. And we're talking with Khaled Altawili. Khaled, great. Lots of information in the first and two segments. Um, I wanted to know if you could elaborate a little bit more on COVID-19 and the challenges that presented uh, the banking sector, um, and maybe in, in general too, um, because, uh, you know, let's face it, COVID really uh, changed the way everybody does things these days. Well, um, um, it is not surprising that the maturity of the financial sector in Saudi Arabia is is. Uh, higher than what people are expecting, especially from outside of Saudi Arabia. The central bank itself, it was uh, awarded with the best central bank globally multiple times. And uh, since I mentioned that since 2001, the central bank was mandating to have a business continuity arrangement in place, and they developed their own uh, framework. So it is required from all banks in Saudi Arabia to be at at least in maturity level three. That means all the 75 controls developed, implemented, and practiced. And uh, uh, back to the COVID, uh, before COVID reached the Middle East or Saudi Arabia specifically, uh, it, it reached Saudi Arabia in March to 2020. Uh, Two months before that, we triggered that there is a virus and there is something uh, trending going around in Wuhan city. Mm-hmm. And we started our uh, preparation since January 2020 by uh, having a task force consisting of HR and facility management and safety and security and the business continuity to see and to track the news and uh, to prepare ourselves to develop and uh, update the related pandemic plans that we have, which never been used before in, 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 in a real or such uh, crisis situation. Then when the virus hit uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, everything was crazy and everything was very fast. Uh, the lockdown from one side and working in such vital uh, sector, which is a 24, supposed to be 24-7 available. And uh, the concern that we will have beside the COVID, uh, a financial crisis if the banking sector is not prepared well. Mm-hmm. So all of this resulted into activating the crisis management and having on daily reports my experience we had more than 120 reports uh, in, in the period between march and june uh to track every single group that we have every single department and we are talking about a complex 
organizations that have uh, international presence and more than 1,000 branch, more than 5,000 ATM, more than 10,000 employees and millions of customers. So our experience was excellent. The way that we respond to the crisis was excellent. Uh, there was a live crisis command center 24-7 available with a three shifts communicating with the other banks, with the central bank, and even with the other governmental bodies such as the, uh, the Ministry of Interior and the Ministry of Health, uh, which both are leading the situation in Saudi Arabia. I've got a question for you, because you just mentioned something that um, caught my attention. You said uh, maturity level three? Yeah. And that that meant all those 75 controls that are documented in the that banking standard are developed, implemented, validated. What are the other levels? That, I, that, that caught my attention going, oh, what's that? Okay. Uh, well, I'm glad you asked. When uh, we have a five maturity levels that start by one where everything is not existing and you deal with it on ad hoc basis. The level two where you have some of the requirements in place and some are not. And level three where you have everything developed, implemented, maintained and uh, practiced. And level four where you start uh, um, evaluating the effectiveness and the level of compliance. And level five where you utilize the peer data and uh, you you have a survey and you are looking to the best practices and you go beyond that. It's most likely the, the same maturity tool utilized by uh, the cyber world and the information security mm -hmm. world. I was just curious because you hadn't mentioned uh, various levels before and I was like, what's that? You know, as soon as he stops talking... Okay. I got to ask a question about that. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the other challenges in the banking sector with Saudi Arabia when it comes to uh, business continuity management? We we talked during the break that sometimes the scenarios and the things that we look at here in Canada is going to be different than what you look at in Saudi Arabia. So can you kind of talk about some of the challenges and the different things uh, that you look at over there? Well, um, some of the challenges, let's say, is related to uh, the sector itself. We are talking about uh, a, a vital sector required to be available 24-7. Mm -hmm. So the type of readiness for that sector is different than, let's say, the education sector or any other sectors in the, in the, in the, in the government. And that requires to have higher maturity level all the time that requires a lot of preparation a lot of type of tests i don't believe that other sectors are doing one of the tests that we conduct on annual basis is called full failover exercise where we need to uh, measure the readiness of the disaster recovery site uh, by having all the banking applications and all the banking product and services failed over to the alternative uh, data center. That requires a lot of effort. It, 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 it is not an easy exercise at all, and especially when you com combine it with another type of test. So we end up with a very comprehensive combined test that involves multiple scenarios, relocating employees, uh, simulating uh, a DDoS attack, an example, uh, and failing over applications and activating crisis management, activating call tree and all of this in one time. So such exercise, it requires months of preparation to ensure that we are engaging and communicating the right people, the right messages. Everyone have the same understanding. What would be the pass or fail criteria? How, what would be excluded from uh, the test? So all of these challenges, I don't believe it is in all other sectors. Maybe some sectors they have it. Maybe some other sectors like uh, military or, or health, uh, 
they have another type of exercises. But I believe we are in an immature uh, environment. The challenges that we have is not an easy. I, I've done those tests. Those <laughs> ones before we had the biggest one had almost 200 people, uh, three countries, one, two, three, four, five different data centers. And it was exactly as you just described, getting all these groups involved, flipping everything over to an alternate site, getting it to work, test the data uh, while ensuring that our production environment continued on. Yeah, so and, it's and, not and, easy. And, and, and you don't want to end up with a crisis while you are trying to, to <laughs> while you're testing. <laughs> yeah, so having the proper shutdown, it requires time ensuring that your data is, is backed up and you are not missing, you, you don't miss up something else yeah. and you create another issue. Yeah, we, we had a couple of those, <laughs> so we say. <laughs> Luckily, the, the outside world never knew because <laughs> we separated production, but we had some challenges with that. You know, and yeah. you're right, it is not easy to do. What other kind of challenges are there? Because that's the testing, but uh, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, what kind of things do you look at to plan for? Um, and during our break, I mentioned that we – in Canada, we're looking at things like snowstorms and forest fires, but that's climate, you know, that's a climate difference between the two. So I'm wondering what kind of things um, do you look at in Saudi Arabia? Well, we consider the climate change, of course, and we consider all type of, of crises. Uh, we do have uh, uh, issues related to power outage or to the flood, especially the flood. And I remember during the last 15 years, uh, Riyadh as a capital city, Jeddah, one of the main cities that we have, it got flooded. Uh, the, 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 the quantity of rain that we had, it wasn't normal at all. And everything was flooded. You see cars are swimming <laughs> in, the, yeah. in the street. So we talk about the same type of, of, of crisis that could happen in Canada or in Europe or in America or anywhere else. But other type of challenges that we are facing, not related to, to crisis, related to the business continuity world itself. I guess the entire world are sharing the same type of challenges related to the culture and how people are looking to the business continuity. Maybe that was Increasing a little bit after COVID, uh, booming happening for the business continuity world in Saudi Arabia. Everyone was looking who are certified in this field. And people start taking the certified people from the banking sector, which was yeah. equipped yeah. very good with out of certified people. So we see the government, uh, the, the ministry, uh, XYZ is taking our colleague, taking our friends from here and there. And I found that the number of certified people is less than 500 Saudis. I'm talking about a realist, uh, uh, let's say, a reliable data from DRI and BCI, because there is no reliable data that can give you a, a static number about lead implementer, ISO lead implementer, or, or ISO lead auditor, because mm -hmm. such certificate can be taken from a lot of uh, institutes. Yeah. So this is one of the challenges that the booping and the shortage in the market, uh, the confidence that people felt after COVID, they think that we don't need the business continuity anymore. We have really? built... We have dealt with, with 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 COVID, so we can deal with anything else. So I'm trying to to balance uh, the understanding and uh, emphasizing that business continuity. If we don't have it, you wouldn't be able to respond correctly to COVID. So what, this is one of the also big challenges that I'm facing, or we are facing here. That's an interesting point because I think uh, that's happening everywhere. There are yeah. some people, and I just heard from an executive the other day who said the same thing. Well, we just went through COVID, so we're fine. We can yeah. do anything. 
and I, and I'm well. You can have a cyber attack. What's business con- continuity going to do? I don't know. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. like, come on. <laughs> you know, you, we don't, we we need to balance it. We don't want overconfident, yeah. and we don't want to underestimate. Yeah, I think we're. It's always these big swings from one side to the other when we need to be right in the middle of everything. You know. Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of our show, Khaled. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. And providing some insights on what's going on in Saudi Arabia and the banking sector and business continuity management. Um, it, it it seems, you know, we're a world away and we've got the same challenges. You know, interesting. You know, you're on the other side of the planet and yet we share a lot of the same <laughs> things and frustrations that are going on right now (laughs) well alex thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for your wonderful show it became one of my favorite show really that i enjoyed even uh, while driving the car i turn off the youtube and just hearing uh, your 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 lovely uh, topics oh well thank you very much i appreciate that i'm it's always good to meet a fan I really do appreciate you sharing your time and expertise. Uh, I, it was uh, great. I'm glad you reached out and uh, we got you on the show to talk about this. It's always good to hear what's happening in other parts of the world. So it was an enjoyable chat. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody watching and listening, stay prepared, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week.